Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, a Reiki Master Energy teacher, medium, and author of A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which shows uh, through many shared stories and interactions with others that it is not a political, social, religious, or economic challenge undermining our potential for happiness, health, and prosperity, but our failure to know ourselves as spiritual beings having a physical life and to not recognize our inner capacity or soul nature and intuition to guide us to make right and purposeful choices. I am most delighted. Welcome Tanya Sabinski, the author of Peace, Love, and Action, who is using her many talents to share messages of hope and love to help us expand our hearts, minds, and spirit for greater compassion and goodwill. And the world certainly needs a lot of that right now. Hello, Tanya, and thank you for sharing your very thoughtful artistic talents and a look at visionaries and leaders in the biographies and messages of truly inspiring people from A to Z. So we have stories of 26 peacemakers and changemakers and their messages that you have chosen to highlight in your book. In Hello, Tanya. <laughs> Hello, Cheryl. Hi. <laughs> Okay. okay. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Tanya Zabinski will share her most basic definition of a peaceful activist, who is someone who works to choose love over fear, just as Dr. Martin Luther King did. We can direct love towards ourselves, towards our family and friends, and towards many people and situations. Being a peaceful activist doesn't mean we need to love the actions of an oppressor, but if we strive to see points of light within even the most damaged or harmful person or circumstance and act out of love and not fear, we can create a loving, healthy lifestyle, often changing ourselves for the better and shining light and compassion into the world. Today we will hear stories of many people who have found peace through expressing their most divine thoughts into action. Tanya, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, event that may have shown them or others the work or lifestyle they would create for themselves as an adult. So think back for a minute and what do you remember? Well, I love that question, um, and I guess my memories in childhood are a lot of centralized around my home and my family, uh, like being going hiking in the woods or at home <laughs> cooking, baking, eating, playing music. So um, I guess those are my roots of where a lot of my... um, Sounds lovely. It sounds like you had a very safe and loving environment that fostered your creative uh, talents. Yeah. Now you wrote... I'd like to read this for our audience. You wrote, Tanya, you wrote this. As a child, I thought that to be a helpful force in the world... I'd need to wait until I was older. 
I imagine joining the Peace Corps and helping people in far-off lands. But what if we see peace not as something we need to wait to practice until we're older? What if we practice it right now? Even as an adult, I often feel my capacity for personal action is in short supply when just keeping up with the daily grind. Can we see peace not as something we attend to after our daily grind, but something we do right in the middle of it? What if we can give attention to what's going on inwardly and work to develop peace of mind so that, like a smile, it naturally spills outward. You know, I was a similar kid to you. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to help people make them laugh, be joyful. I felt as an empath and sensitive child. I felt so much pain and fear coming off people. I didn't of course understand yeah. energy concepts at that time. But I only wanted to, to, to I was either laughing or crying. I was laughing when things were very wonderful. And when people did the wrong thing to get their attention, I, I couldn't help it, but I started to cry. And then they paid attention. So we were those kind of children. We were born to do this, to bring attention to the important um, soul purpose of our life. Yeah, so, I think a lot of people have that impulse to want to contribute. Um, maybe all you people, know. yeah. Maybe actually I think so. all people. Yeah. What? What? So let's go on to uh, what is your book about? Explain it to us. Okay, so it's about the vision of a peaceful, thriving, sustainable, healthy world that works for all. It's about people who hold this vision, believe in this vision, and move towards it by choosing, well, love over fear, and. It's, the book is also about finding ways that we, the reader, can use our gifts, our experiences, even our challenges, to evolve in the direction of that vision. Absolutely. And in your book, you, you, you write about um, someone you met in a painting class at, Bu at Buffalo State College, and she was 18 and you were 25, and she says about you that Tanya's positive, simple artworks have manifested in the world in a myriad of ways from the prints and paintings that hang all over my house to the murals that brighten various public spaces in our hometown to the hand-printed shirts that walk the globe transmitting her inspired imagery. She, like any artist, has had to be very creative, not just in the making of her art, but also in devising ways to turn that art into a livelihood. And I remember oh, when I was younger, my sister, my younger sister, wanted to go to uh, the Parsons School of Design, uh, but my parents thought she would be better off at Brooklyn College, where I was, in a liberal arts, because they were worried she couldn't earn a living that way, and it was a very big mistake, because for all listeners, you have to allow your children to find their own direction. It's not about materialistic life necessarily as an expression of what's coming out of their heart energy or soul. And uh, I like that passage because it reminded me 
of long ago when my sister had that challenge and she wasn't directed in the right way. So let's go on to what inspired you to write this particular book with the stories of 26 people, beautiful drawings, and lots of ways to think about how we ourselves can add more to the world. So tell us, and what made you want to illustrate each action? Uh, okay, well, I'll start off with what inspired the book and just, you know, having that impulse to want to see a peaceful world. And mm-hmm. also, I love reading biographies of people who I admire and who, you know, are working towards that vision. And, um, okay, so, you know, a lot of people use words for persuasion. And also, since I'm a visual artist, I feel, you know, art is also a powerful um, tool that can be used. And, you know, advertisers know that and they use it to sell things. Yes. But I feel that art can also be used to inspire people and to give a vision. And so um, that's what I try to do with my artworks, like give a vision of what we're aiming for. And... Um, so, yeah, each of the 26 actions in the book have an illustration of that action. For instance, plant or breathe or wonder, things. Um, so it's like, a, yeah, a colorful piece of inspiration. It does make the book very charming. And it's nice to see the people that you wrote about with their special gifts. You wrote about people like Jane Goodell, Autumn Pleitzer, uh, Rachel Carson, uh, Pete Seeger, and Tish Han. Very important people who have been change makers and followed their own path uh, using their talents in ways that may have not brought them maybe money, but brought them happiness and peace. So each of the people I mentioned, and many more, you have 26 of them, uh, you showcased and highlighted for their beautiful gifts of spirit, and you drew their faces, and you captured their essence in, in, the, in the drawings. And that's what a drawing, and that's what a piece of artwork is. It's always a message of the times, the emotions, and the possibilities for growth uh, that are there if we only pay attention and and we see it. So let's go on to uh, telling us, uh, you you mentioned Gandhi, who told us about how the world could be changed, but what had to happen first before that happened? We need to change ourselves. Well, his quote is, if we could change ourselves, the tendencies in the world would also change. As a person changes his own nature, so does the attitude of the world change toward him. Um, So So that's suggesting, yeah, that's strongly suggesting that we stop blaming others. Begin to see others as unique and the way they respond to the world is necessary for their development. 
and get out of negative vibrations and emotions. You have to feel them. You have to live through them, of course. But you don't have to embrace them to stay in them. And that's what I think almost all the people in your book represent. A fact that they're working within themselves to discover who they are and what they can share with the world. Now, you know, you also drew these portraits of each person. And it seems like a totally different artistic skill to capture the likeness of a person. And what I'm thinking about is many years ago when I started my spiritual development, eh, 25 years ago, you know, before that I was kind of skeptical about some of the ideas we're talking about today. I was at um, a spiritual retreat, one of the first ones I went to, and there was an intuitive there, and she told me that there was a person in spirit who was telling me I was going to write three books, and I was a medium, and I, I thought it was just fantasy. And then she showed me the picture she drew that she saw in spirit, and that was my mother. Now, my mother didn't look like me. My mother had brown eyes and very thin lips, and she didn't, and she captured in that drawing my mother. So I see I see uh, artwork very often as a download from spirit. Is that something you might feel uh, inspires you? Um, well, my aspiration is, I, I mean, I think that's the best artwork any artist could um, create is if they're open and receptive to spirit, you know, like they're, we're, the artist is the faucet, <laughs> you know, right. so the idea is to be open and receptive, and that's my aspiration, and, um, well, working on this book, well, it actually spanned about 11 years because it was a project I did for a long time before it got published, and then the publisher well, before a publisher said yes, and then the publisher wanted to change about half of it. So um, I, it was... A, I, I hope you didn't allow him to change it. <laughs> I hope you it, didn't allow ways, anyone actually. to change Oh, they brought I, in I some positive change. Team. Okay. Yeah, I had a great team, and we worked very well together. And uh, one of their ideas, actually, was to have the... Uh, after each mini bio, there's a what you can do section. So the book isn't just about other people, but it's about how we ourselves, the reader, can put this action into their own lives um, in simple ways. Like for plants, I um, well, some people don't have space for a garden, but even indoors, you can sprout seeds. Mm. All you need is a jar, the seeds, a jar, a piece of cheesecloth, a rubber band, and you can sprout your own seeds to put on salad. And it is a, um, it does connect you with nature and life, and it's a fun thing to do for any aged person. Well, the um, thing is, yeah, the thing is, you can do whatever it is you choose if you try, if you make the effort, and you're consistent. Most people say, I can't do it and they say no you know many years ago I learned because I had a message from my mother in spirit and she said very often you say no 
and you should be saying yes because you're missing opportunities. And I, I realized that was so, and I never said no after that. Our listeners know that fear is what stops us from finding the greatest joy in any exp- in, in any expression of um, joining with nature or people or um, appreciating uh, beauty in life. So we have to fight that fear and start saying yes. Now, you have a story of a young girl, Autumn, I don't know how she pronounces her name. Peltier. Peltier. Okay, Peltier. And it's in the very first biography, A is for appreciate. And it's the story of a young girl whose mission was to share the sacred nature of water and nature and caring for our planet. So um, I found that very lovely that A started with a young person, a young person who could be respected for her ability, not just her age, and not treated like, you know, she couldn't do anything. So tell us something, if you want, about Autumn. Um, well, <laughs> um, she is... Uh, Anishinaabe from Wikimanikong First Nation, unceded territory in Manitoulin Island in the Great Lakes. Uh, I also live by the Great Lakes. Um, she grew up with the influence of her, um, well, mother and great aunt, who both were steeped in the culture, you know, their native culture, uh, which taught the sacredness of well of all life and our connection to it mm-hmm. and um she at a very young age um in their town gave a speech i think it was at like 9 years old and she won the speech contest and it encouraged her to uh enter more and so she developed a really great ability to communicate um <coughs> and she used that to stand up for water and the rights of water. Well, she was, she that even, was her sole destiny. That was her love, her passion, her, her gift, and, and she did it beautifully. And I, I really like that story. And then we go on to B is for breathe, and breathe is one of the peaceful actions in your book. How do you see breathing as a peaceful action? Hmm. Okay, well, if we're, well, say we're with someone who's upset, um, and if we are able to stay calm, um, well, our breathing helps us stay calm. And so instead of inflaming the situation, we could help maybe slow down the other person, (laughs) calm down. Yeah. And Honestly, actually, breathing, uh, I've been using it lately uh, to help me fall asleep at night. Mm. Uh, I learned Dr. Andrew Weil on YouTube has a breathing exercise. It's called 478 breathing. You breathe in for four counts, you hold it for seven counts, and you breathe out for eight counts. Uh, you do that four times, and uh, it just—it's almost like magic. It gives you this relaxed feeling, and 
Uh, and you know what? <laughs> it, it is really magic because it is yeah. the force of life that connects us to all life. When we come into this world, we take a breath. When we leave this world, we take our last breath. And you want to know something? Yeah. I'm a Reiki master teacher. I work with the breath all the time. Years ago when I was beginning, I didn't even know that most people don't know how to breathe. They, they, they're breathing into their chest or throat. You must breathe deeply into your belly in order to send the oxygen and the healing energies throughout your body. And it is magic, like you just said. And uh, you talked about in the breath, um, Thich Nhat Han, who was born in Vietnam, and he became a Buddhist monk. And his promise was to become peaceful, happy, and kind, and calm, and loving, and he meditated and concentrated on the breath. So I like that that biography very much also. Now at the end of that biography is followed, and each of your bi uh, biographies is followed by a what you can do section, which is an example how to integrate the breath into your life. And uh, you give um, an, an example, uh, an exercise to do, and that's uh, how is that? That's what you do. I imagine with each of the what you can do at the end of each biography. That was yeah. So it's an interactive thing. Mm, so. Good, interactive, very good. Yes. So people are not only reading about another person's life; they're interacting with their own life. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. So Tanya. Do you really think that following these acts of goodness will solve some of our world's problems? There's a quote from John Kabat-Zinn. He says, we can't stop the waves, but we can learn how to surf. So, uh, you know, there will always be waves, but if we learn how to surf, then we can learn how to manage the waves and even have fun on the waves. So that's I fantastic. I love that. That's really terrific. That's, that's <laughs> the way to look at life, that we flow. There will be challenges, many of them, for all of us. None of us will get out of this world unscathed. But yes, the answer is yes. Yes, we can have acts of goodness to from within our heart. And even when other people are acting badly, we don't have to allow it to affect us. We have to use the breath calm ourselves, or maybe take us out of that action at the moment and stay in our own state of connection to what is important. Now, you know, in our rapidly, rapidly changing world, uh, we are experiencing a spiritual evolution, a time when people must realize the duality of their life and start to merge their many talents and higher consciousness to solve personal, collective, and universal pro problems. It's like these blind to be removed from our eyes and our thinking and patterns that no longer work and see the world in its multidimensional aspects. As an artist, you do. As a person, a peaceful activist, you do. And more and more of us are joining that group because it's just the yeah. direction we must and, go. Yeah, and that's what you're doing in your life with your radio show, with your Reiki you yes. know, and just with the, but I your family. Yeah, I wasn't always that way. There was a time 
I wanted to be of the physical world because I was eh, pushed into it and a lot of my natural abilities were stifled. And for many of us, I think that's so, but there comes a time when you observe and, and, and uh, an opportunity presents itself and you make a choice and you make a change as we started talking about at the beginning. Only we can change ourselves. And when we do magic and so many opportunities open up for us. So let's go on to for what age group is this book and what is your vision for this book, Peace, Love, Action? Okay, um, it's for young people, say, um, I mean, eight years old and up, uh, and it's just as enjoyable for adults. Um, you know, it gives encouragement, inspiration. You know, my hope is that it can empower people to, well, help people feel empowered that they can make a difference, you know, in their life, and it ripples outward. And I'd love to see the book used in homes, libraries, schools, places of worship, um, and just shared and enjoyed and, um, you know. Yeah, and, and that it will improve the human condition. I, I think that has been your goal since you were a child, and it certainly has been my goal. Now, what advice do you have for people who wish to contribute to life in some way? You give a, a couple of ideas like be true to your own into inner, inner intuition and wisdom or soul interest, right? Peace and happiness do not come from the outside world but from within. What other advice can you give? Um, I would say pay attention to what energizes you and what drains you and try to do more of what energizes you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Follow your dreams and also be creative. You know, so many talented people start off in one field and they end up merging it with different interests, like Pete Seeger, who fused music with social and environmental activism. Right? So it's not it's not yeah. a it's not one plan alone. It's to go on and have many ideas. What would you like readers to take away with them from your book? Oh, a feeling of encouragement and inspiration. I think they will. I think they definitely will take that away. I want to thank you, Tanya Sabinski, author of Peace, Love, Action, Everyday Acts of Goodness, for sharing your perspective of the creative force of spirit, nature, and human abilities, which shines from within our heart and soul and guides us to find love in many places, through many people and events, as that is the journey of the soul. Read about extraordinary people from A to Z who shared their messages of peace, love, action, and go to tanyazabinsky.com to purchase the book and learn more of her enlightened life journey. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, Tanya Zabinski has shared her lifetime journey of sharing goodness, hope, and beauty from her soul talents into the world and has written a book that shares 26 interesting and productive life journeys by visionaries, change makers, and people who were born to improve the human condition. In my book, A New Life Awaits, Spirit Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, 
a story of the need of all beings here and beyond to embrace higher consciousness and live a life of joy, purposefulness, and enduring self-discovery. I wrote, The American people are ardently demanding changes to present corrupt political elitist ruling class practices that do not allow simple, kind, good values to be honored. As we all question what we want in life and what is truly a just criteria for success, we are discovering that people embroiled in only a materialistic approach to life, either forgetting or never having considered their equally important spiritual needs for love and for compassion, to be of service to others, and to be free from greed, have become disconnected and dissatisfied. The quote from Shakespeare Polonius, to thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night the day, thou canst then be true to any man, is still a rightful way to approach and respect our deepest personal needs, as well as the reason we incarnated into this life. Tanya and I would have you know, the time is now, and we are all being given a great gift to awaken and know we are guided by a higher hand and life force of love and can breathe in the magnificent gift to expand in sharing peace, love through action. Begin to know that everything you wish to contribute, you can if you simply allow yourself to trust in all that is. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within. I invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to read about and listen to authors in search of answers to our most intimate questions. Who are we and why is life the way it is? Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.